Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode. Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. Today, we're talking all about the language of investors. So whether you're fundraising now and networking with investors, or you've actually already raised capital and you're dealing with investors on your board of advisors, today I wanted to talk about how to effectively communicate with investors, a very specific personality type normally, but always concerned about one thing, the bottom line. And I'm not sure if you can relate, but sometimes when I'm faced against uh, people that are extremely data-driven and results-driven, I find it sometimes very difficult to communicate effectively. In fact, it can be to some downright frightening. I know it has been that way for me in the past. And so I wanted to offer you a few code rules that I've uncovered and I've put to practical use, which I find to be really, really helpful when dealing with this personality type. In the fundraising journey, you can't always choose 100% who you're going to deal with. Maybe you found a great firm that invests in your vertical, but perhaps you're up against some personalities you wouldn't normally put yourself in a room with us as women we don't have perhaps as many options with fundraising and of course less than three percent of all VC funds go to women-led businesses the these numbers are abysmal which we hear in the news Um, they haven't changed much in the past 10 years so what do we do when we find ourselves um in a situation where we have an investor that is willing, ready, and able to invest in our venture, but perhaps they're not quite the personality that we feel like we jive with. Well, sometimes you gotta just suck it up, right? You don't, I mean, I, I, I don't wanna be overly pessimistic, but I think, you know, if you're able to find an investor nine times out of ten it's going to be quite difficult to walk away from that infusion of cash if it's really needed just because of perhaps a personality conflict or um, just a personality type you're not used to dealing with so if you found yourself in that situation or you're up against you know running into that in networking events trying to network and build relationships with investors i hope you find this useful so this journey for me began a couple of years ago when I, I started myself networking with investors and building my, uh, my circle of investors for the work that I was doing with SoGal. 
And I just was so intimidated speaking intelligently in conversations between founders and funders. And I couldn't quite understand why. I would get tongue-tied. I would say really, really stupid things, (laughs) extremely embarrassing. And I just couldn't put my finger on it. Um, Now, I, I know I'm not alone with saying sometimes people that are extremely data-driven or someone that it, that um, speaks kind of in numbers very quickly, to me could be a little bit intimidating and even confusing. My brain doesn't function that quickly with that kind of um, data, you know, computing that kind of data quickly in, in conversations where it's not expected. And so I began searching for a framework to sort of give me some guidelines on how to deal with these kind of personalities types. And I'm specifically talking about, you know, older males that are, you know, super experienced, right? They've had level of success, have a degree of confidence. And as investors, they're 110% focused on the bottom line and results. And no matter, honestly, what the bedside manner is of the investor, the the bottom line is the bottom line. I mean, they, they're looking to find founders that are going to get them results. So if you find yourself face to face with an investor and you're batting questions, you better be prepared, right? You better be prepared. You better be confident. You better have quick access to the numbers and also um, have prepared what possible objections are or questions. Um, so what I've co- compiled today for to share with you are four rules, I'll call them, um, when speaking or dealing with investors, either potential investors or your current investors. Because for you know dealing with business men of this level, I, I find that it's really helpful to have a an understanding of, you know, how to conduct yourself and a little bit the reason of why, right? The, the why behind that. And before I launch into the rules, I, I just want to set the frame. I mean, I, I, investors, as you may know, they get pitched, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times a week. Their inbox is constantly flooded. Whenever they go to networking events, they're, they're, continuously being pressured or presented with opportunities or bombarded by founders, whether they are welcoming it or not. So the life of an investor, especially one that has some degree of success or fame within the, within the industry is sort of like a celebrity in some ways, right? They're getting a lot of attention. And so these rules that I'm about to share is always framed from the position that these investors are extremely busy. You want to present yourself in a clear, concise way and exude that confidence in your business and in your financials. So let's talk about the first rule. Let's talk about the the first rule, which applies more to investors that have already invested in your company. So someone that you have on the board, and let's say that you are 
needing to go to them for advice. Perhaps you're needing to go to them for um, some, you know, you know, perhaps you're, you need more capital, right? Perhaps you've run into a situation or an opportunity where you need more capital. And so the, the first rule is never approach an investor or this personality type. You never want to come to them with a problem without proposing a specific solution or next step to finding a solution, right? Things pop up all the time in business. And sometimes as entrepreneurs, we wear our hearts on our sleeves and, and we have a thousand things flying through our head. And it's not always easy to be a hundred percent poised, but if you're dealing with a problem, whether you're just, you know, approaching your current investor, as I mentioned previously, or you're just speaking casually and networking with other investors or this type of personality, there never needs to be or should be communicated desperation or not knowing. Confidence is so important and doesn't mean that you need to have all the answers. You need to be confident enough to share well to to formulate options whether they're good options or not right it's about the thought process so you want to be forward thinking if you're up against a problem you want to showcase your problem solving skills and your um, resourcefulness by having ready possible solutions right or possible next steps and in doing this you are showing of course your resourcefulness but also you're instilling confidence in whomever you're speaking to right that investor specifically about your ability to problem solve understand that every conversation you have whether it's with an investor that you're pitching or just networking in the industry, you never want to come across as not having the stamina to, to keep going. You do not want to get yourself that reputation. And so of course you're going to come up with problems, but anytime that you complain or you share your hardships, even with other founders, it should always be framed in the idea or in a way that showcases that it's being solved or that you're trying to find the resources to solve the problem. If you are going up against an, an, an investor or you're in this situation, networking with other founders, and you appear to be the person that doesn't really know what they're doing, it's not going to be good for you. Now, the secret is, is no one really knows what the hell they're doing. Even at the highest level, you can still hear, I, I was just listening the other day at a conference to one of the senior executives at IBM sharing their management um, tactics, right? How they, how they run their ELT meetings. And even at Microsoft, the, the leader that was giving the talk was sharing how they don't really, they haven't really figured out the best formula of how to even run their meetings, right? So I'm sharing this as an example of like, even at the highest level, there's still doubt, 
no one has the answers. There usually aren't right answers. But you want to be sure that you are always in the mind frame of problem solving. So that should be, that's rule number one. Never mention a problem without proposing a specific solution or the next step to finding the solution. So number two, this is really relevant to actually pitching investors, but also in conversations with investors of any kind. But rule number two is always separate facts from opinions. Always present facts first. And I think this is something that many of us know intellectually, but even I have been guilty of doing this. When you're really passionate about something and you have really good gut intuition about your customer's needs, for example, investors will not be impressed with your gut intuitions without backing it up with data. Every single move you make in your business should be backed by data. And even if you're going off gut feelings, which is also, it is of course really important to have that kind of connection with your audience and and that passion for your business. But the investors are always gonna ask for the why, the reason behind those gut feelings. And you're going to want to make sure that you have good arguments for any move that you make or any strategy that you go into. So if you're pitching and you're really excited about all the possibilities of of what your business can be, always go first with the data and then go backwards into the creative and the passion and all of the wonderful things. So separating facts from opinions. Conversations can go really sideways when we start talking about feelings, how, how someone feels that things should be or, and feelings without that data is just really, it's kind of a waste of time, especially in the context of talking to investors. Rule number three, which I think is probably the most important speaking to investors is always anticipating at least the five, at least five logical and intuitive questions that they may ask. This is essential, essential. I've seen founders that have stacks of index cards with possible questions or interrogations that an investor could ask and, you know, resources in the back of where to find the data for the answers that are given. This is so important to showcase your competency that you can anticipate where sort of the weak, the weak parts in your strategy are or the weak parts in your presentation are and be able to back up those weaker parts with facts with data it's going to make you appear not only confident and competent but it will be impressive because in my 
experience, and of course this isn't every investor, but investors want to see, they, they want to see if they can trip you up, right? They want to, they don't want the perfect pitch, right? They want to dig in and see what's behind, you know, the, those slides in the deck. They want to see, you know, what you're made of as the founder. In fact, most investors will tell you that, you know, they don't really invest in the company or the product. They invest in the founder and the team and the passion um, and the ability to execute. And that's what they're always going to be testing you on. They want to make sure that you can execute, that you know what you're doing and that you have the chops to take it to the next level. And one of the ways you can safeguard yourself from a bad situation is thinking through those questions, thinking through what parts of your business or you know your um, your team, your product, your supply chain, your marketing strategy. Where are the questions? Where are the parts that could make someone kind of double click and, and want to dig in deeper? Be prepared. So that's rule number three. And the fourth rule is about the future, is about planning, is about that excitement that anticipation, that passion. And when you're pitching or you're in conversation with an investor speaking about the future and all the things that you want to do, there's a need, again, for a straight, data-backed reasoning behind that excitement that you have and those future plans that you have. Now, even if you're in casual conversation, and I've been, I've been guilty of this and I've been tripped up by this before, never let your guard down. So even if you feel like you're in a casual conversation and you start sort of daydreaming about what could be, right? What's the next step or how does this all grow or you know, what's the scale-up strategy? Never, never aimlessly speak when you're with this kind of personality type. You want to make sure that you're really, really measured, even in this excitement and daydreaming that you're doing. The the investor will not be impressed by how many ideas you can have. What they want to see is how firm are your feet planted in reality as you're having these big creative ideas. So feel free to dream and feel free to brainstorm, but always, always have a clear path to present in association with any creative plan you have in the future. And again, this does not, and and this is, I guess, my final bit of wisdom. It matters less what you're actually going to do. This is not about presenting things perfectly. 
It's about confidence. And in conversations, for example, of brainstorming and of creativity, you want to be able to have at, in your back pocket the how for any creative idea. And you need to be able to come up with that in the moment, on the spot. You have to think quickly. And it's way less important whether that thing that you say in the moment is what actually transpires. It's way less important than actually responding quickly and in good time with a good idea. Because investors want to see, again, confidence, someone who can pivot, think on their toes, think things through logically. They're, they're not there to fund your daydream. They're there to get a return on their investment. So in every interaction, in any stage of your journey with investors, if you're just networking, just beginning to pitch, or you've actually secured that, that funding, you want to be really careful and measured when speaking to investors and realize that even if they have, again, like a really, you guys have a really good connection, maybe it's a really nice flow of conversation, they're really supportive, that's great, but at the end of the day, you are expected to get them a return. That's what they want from you. So you don't want to neglect the fact that that's the basis of the relationship and your responsibility to them. So I'm interested, have you, are you connecting to any of this that I've said? Perhaps I'm the only one that has ran into this sort of intense, intimidating type of investor, but I'm sure I'm not the, <laughs> I'm not the only person. So what has your experience been? Please send me a message. I want to know if you felt intimidated in the room with investors that you've pitched or even investors that have invested in your company. Do you feel prepared to communicate with them in the way that you feel is needed? I would love to hear from you. And I can't wait to see you back here next week for the next episode of the Marketing for Startups podcast. Have a wonderful week and see you back here soon. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to the Marketing for Startups podcast and for sticking around till the end. It would mean so much to me if you could like and subscribe to this podcast. It's a great way of telling the world that this podcast has content worth listening to. And remember, you could always reach me at LinkedIn at Victoria Hajar or at UglyVentures.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week.